Welcome to the I Am In podcast. This semester, the Boise Nampa Institute will interview members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We will hear stories from their personal lives, examples of how the gospel of Jesus Christ has blessed them. We hope you will join us each week to strengthen your faith in the Savior and gain hope for the future. Today we are privileged to have um, President Porter with us and his wife Corey, and we're just going to talk about all the amazing things that we love about young adults, and especially at Christmas time. Um, any messages we want to share with them? So take a minute and introduce yourself. Well, do you want to go first, Corey? Okay, I'll go first. Well, I, I'm President Porter, and uh, I'm the, the stake president of the Boise Young Single Adult Stake. We stretch from all the way from Star. Eagle, Meridian, Idaho, all the way to through Boise to, to East Boise. And uh, we have a little over 2,100 members in our stake, eight wards, and we just absolutely love it. We have been serving in this stake for over five years, almost six years now, and we just love our young single adults. They're amazing people. That's so fun. And you were a bishop of the fifth ward before you became the stake president, uh -huh. and you've been the stake president now for how long? For, boy, year and three quarters. Yeah. What was kind of funny about this is is we were approaching four years in in the bishopric and we were our we went to President Muir and said we don't want to be released. And uh, we didn't expect this, but I'll tell you what, it's great to stay in the young single adults. So we're happy. We're very happy. They are so fun to be around, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And what's your role in the state, Corey? I keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard thing. It is. There are days when it's a hard thing. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about your family. Oh, gosh. We have four beautiful children, and um, three of them are married, and we have six grandchildren, and they are the light of our lives. You know, it's the perfect place to actually live the gospel, is in your family and in your callings, and you just have... Um, opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise to both share the gospel and to practice the doctrines of the gospel and the principles of the gospel and so I really feel blessed I feel very blessed you know one thing I want to add is is, is it uh, I I counsel with Corey on so many things with respect to our stake she is she's my best counselor you know and 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 we talk about everything that goes on except for those things that are confidential or things that do with uh, are about individual members but but Corey is is just uh, the best and and you know we even sometimes I when I do interviews sometimes Corey will come with me in an interview and and help me out especially when we're interviewing sisters about different things that are challenging specific to sisters and she's just been such a light to this stake she's in the background half the time but boy I, I couldn't do it without her no way yeah he says that because he can't find the talks he wants for his preparations and so he says is there a good talk on this and could you find this for me and I need a scripture about so I'm his file cabinet well like you're the perfect assistant right there you go there you go uh, the teamwork in any calling makes all the difference it really is yeah. a blessing to have a spouse who is supportive and and can help us even clarify our thoughts sometimes we can spiral out of control of what should we do and how do we do yes. it and a spouse can just rein it in and say oh let's just keep it within these boundaries yeah and, yeah. and you'll be okay so that's <laughs> yes. awesome that is absolutely that's true, true. <laughs> yeah. um in raising those great kiddos how did the gospel bless you as parents wow wow um 
It grounded us. It helped me try to respond with love to situations that initially brought strong feelings of anger and frustration. Um, it taught me to try to see beyond behavior to the child of God that's inside there. I think one of the most powerful experiences that I had as a parent was one day um, when a teenage son um, expressed his hatred for me. And he had said that before, uh, but this time it really pierced. And I literally ran to my room. And I knelt down and, and cried. I, I just cried. I was trying to pray, but I mostly cried. And after all that emotional obstacle blockade drizzled away and I calmed down, the thought that came into my mind was that this is not who he is. You are dealing with his fallen nature. This is not who he is. And when I recognized that and thought about it, it was, it was a life-giving source of understanding because I was able to separate his behavior from who he was. And then I was able to love in the face of, you know, some behavior that was difficult. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and so I've really clung to that, especially when you come up again and again and again, when you're in situations with people, some in your family and others, and standing in line at the grocery store, mm -hmm. you know? And I try to remember, ooh, this is not who they are. You're dealing with their fallen nature. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, there's there's no instruction manual that's given to you in your marriage. <laughs> Say, this is how you handle every situation. <laughs> And, and Do you know how much money would make if we could write that? Oh, yeah. Would you get to work on that, <laughs> Sister Bert? We'd love it if you would. Oh, boy. But, you know, it, it, um, time and time again, when, when you're not sure what to do, um, it's the principles of the gospel that, that help you figure it out. What should I be doing? And, and then, then it's the promises of, and of the covenants you have made that... that Excuse me. That's what makes all the difference. Yeah. It's what you, carries it, you. Yeah. yeah. It carries you. Yeah. It gives you the, the hope and the strength to keep going on, even though when things aren't going exactly how you thought they would or how you wanted them to go. But you have faith in, in Jesus Christ, and you know that um, those covenants are powerful and that they will bless you and the lives of your children and grandchildren yes. for, for yes. eons to come by being, your faith, by being faithful. And faith in the plan. I, you know, when you have a big picture that we lived before and we're here for a purpose and there's somewhere to go after, it, it, when you back step a little bit and see the whole big picture, everything can be in perspective. But when you're in the thick of something hard, you can barely see through it. You, you just are drowning in it. So you have to back up enough to say, this is just today. This is just today. A storm passes. The sun always comes out. There's always a better moment yeah. coming. In this moment, I'm in the storm. feels like a tornado. <laughs> but, but it will pass. Yeah. And tomorrow we'll handle with the rubble and, and move forward. And so having the gospel perspective that God has a purpose in why we're here can get us through those yeah. really tough moments. Yeah. You know, it, it, you grow. You know, when you realize that I am, I've come to earth to learn to become like our Heavenly Father. And there's no way you could become 
without hardships, without struggles, without failures, without learning. I mean, there's no way. And so, so I mean, I just, I'll tell you, as, as a father, one of the things that I've, I've um, uh, noticed many times is this has changed me. It's changed me. And in just a little bit of a sliver, just a, a little glimpse of maybe how Heavenly Father feels about us when I look at my children. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift that you, that, that you get through the gospel. Thank you. That's so great. Well, let's talk about these young adults that you serve. What is something that you've learned from the young adults that you work with in the Valley? Because they, they teach me something every time. I love standing in front of them in a classroom and feeling the Spirit speak through me to teach them. And I just think, who in the room needed that? Because I yes. did not come prepared to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I leave taught. I leave embedded with new truth that I had learned. And I just, I feel it's a privilege to be in their presence. They're just so good. Yeah, yeah. They're the best. We just love being with them. We, we love serving them. I'll tell you, some fun things I've learned about young single adults in here is they love good food. They love being together. They love serving together. You go to any family home evening, you go to uh, service projects, you go to activities or other sports nights and, and even go to the temple. They love being together and, and doing things together. It's been, it's, been a, it's been fun to watch. I don't know, Corey, is there anything that you really... I think one of the things that's been important for me because it was an attribute that I lacked was a willingness to be vulnerable. You know, I want to put on the mask and just walk around like everything's great. And they taught me that it's okay that it's not great. You can still be happy and you can build friendships and you can draw on people. And um, you don't have to be hiding or pretending. I love that. And so that's probably been one of the greatest blessings. There's lots of them. We could spend three podcasts talking about the many blessings that have come to our family, to us individually, to us as parents, by getting to know the young single adults in this state. They are a literal treasure, and they don't see it in themselves, but that's probably for another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't, and that's why we're here. Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. They, If they could see the light that yes. they emanate yes. everywhere they go. You know, when President Nelson said, anytime you do anything for anyone, you're, you're gathering Israel. Yeah. And I was like, that's because you glow. I, you <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when you put a young adult in a space with non-members who are not of our faith, they shine and they don't even know it. Yeah, they don't see it. They don't see it. And so their natural instincts to serve or to help someone or to lift someone up, those are not natural for most people. And so the things they just do make them different and so they are constantly shining out in the world without realizing Mm -hmm. how much light they're letting off i mean they're like little glow sticks everywhere (laughs) and they're just so impressive but you're right they don't recognize how great they are you know you know i think you know what you said about being so accepting and so being willing to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. I, i just i'm just amazed at sunday on sundays um, fast and testimony meeting where, where members get up and they share, share things about themselves. You know, this is a generational thing. Back when I was growing up, you didn't do that. You just didn't do it. And, and I think it hurt us, you know, because it, it created false expectations yeah. and, and comparing, comparing ourselves with each other. But here we have these wonderful young single adults that are willing to share their vulnerabilities and put it out there because it blesses it blesses the lives of others when when you do that we had in state conference um, um, just a month ago 
we um, we had in our in our leadership meeting we had three of our members get up and and as part of that leadership meeting and which was the focus was on ministering in the way that the Savior ministered get up and share um, things that they were experiencing in life that were very difficult and things that they had experienced and they were all three different different uh, things that they talked about but the 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 they were very vulnerable and put it out there and and then to watch the reaction of of the 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 people there in the meeting it was just put my arms around you and let me hug you and let me help you i didn't know and and those kind of those kind that kind of openness just helps us minister to each other helps us love each other help us understand each other great develop greater empathy and and i think this generation has the ability to do it, yeah. and it's amazing. They are so good at loving each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. I see that all the time. There, There is no judgment with this generation. Yes. They love each other. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, what your background is. They just love, and it comes more naturally. And I, It probably is because of so much vulnerability. Where there are... A social media generation, you put everything out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good, bad, ugly, stinky, everything. Um, but they, when you know more about someone, you really can minister better. Yeah. You really can reach out and serve and mm -hmm. love, and it makes it possible to be more Christ-like because you know what the need is, so you know how to meet the need. Yeah. Versus yeah. guessing or yeah. wondering. And even being willing to be there, yeah. to not be afraid, to go in and say, I have no idea what to do, but I'll be here. I'm here for you. So great. Mm -hmm. And in, when you see them, what potential do you see in them? Oh, my word. There is so much potential. And, and it's, it's not only individual, because every one of uh, these young single adults have individual talents and gifts that are theirs and theirs alone. But then collectively, co collectively as, as a whole, they, they have amazing potential. You know, there's one that I think that I've thought about that a lot is that I think this this generation of young single adults has the potential and the ability to overcome the division and the discrimination and the racism and 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 some of these things we see so much but i i think going on in the world today but i think they have the capability to to help us overcome this in their lives and and uh, i think i think this this generation also will get it figured out on how to really love their Lord, their, their God, with all their heart, might, mind, and strength, and be able to understand His doctrines and keep His commandments, and, and, uh, and at the same time, be able to love their neighbor as they sit themselves. It truly find, it truly be able to do both. And, and I think that's something that, um, that prior generations have swung back and forth on. And here, I, I think, this generation has it, they can do it. And, and I, when I look at them, I see this great potential to do that, which will move the work of the Lord forward in this world like nothing else. Mm -hmm. They're bold and they're courageous mm -hmm. and they are unashamed to just say, here's where I'm at. And, yeah. and that quality to be bold in their love of God and bold in their faith mm -hmm. and have enough courage to say, here's what I stand for, yeah. really will. Yeah. drive them forward in so many awesome ways. Yeah. But they're not doing it, they're not making those statements divisively. No. And, and that's, I guess, the difference. It's not just daring to stand alone. It's daring to stand for what you believe in and expressing your care and concern for another person's position. Yeah, to Even love God and bring them all with you. Yeah, different than you.
your own. Yeah. And so it's that ability, I guess, to recognize and, and understand where somebody else is coming from and love where you're coming from and, and see the good, you know, in both ways and then want to use it, want, want to use that for good. Yeah, they're doers. They're doers, yeah. yeah. So when you call some of these young adults to leadership positions, because you can see the potential in their ability to lead, yeah. Yeah. what's their response? How does that go? Oh my word! I mean, hey, can I? Can I? I listen, I want to do this, but, I, I, but let me talk about. I want to. I don't want to leave this other question because there's there's something that's kind of cool as a stake president that I didn't know about, and that I want to share, and 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 that is that, that President Nelson talked about that that uh, talking to the young single adult says your potential is divine and if with diligence you can get glimpses of that potential what the Lord has in store for you well when when I was called to be a stake president I did not know that stake presidents one of the responsibilities is to review patriarchal blessings I did not know that and it is one of the neatest things that I get to do is is read these patriarchal blessings and um, and uh, and when you read them you can just see god's love individually for that person who received the blessing and and there's no doubt you see their potential what god really thinks of that of that young man or that young woman and it's it's unbelievable i i um i say to all of our listeners that that Go back and review your patriarchal blessing often. Look at the blessings and the promises and the counsels that are given to you and study them because it shows you what, what Heavenly Father thinks of you and your potential that you have. Um, and study them line by oh, line. Oh, yeah. Because every sentence, you could go to the scriptures and find what it means. Mm -hmm. And then the scriptures will open up an understanding to you of, oh, yes. wow, yes. this is what this is talking about. Exactly. You know, and, it, and if you don't have a patriarchal blessing yet, Go to your bishop and, and and let him know that I would like to, to prepare to receive a patriarchal blessing. We have in our stake an amazing patriarch, Brother Smurthwaite, and he is just wonderful. He and his wife are, are amazing. You will you it'll be a, one of the a life changing experience for you to go and receive your patriarchal blessing. But that is one way in which you get a glimpse of this potential that we are talking about. The other way that I've seen in our stake tremendously is is the um, is the desire to go to the temple. And, and just recently, it just seems like this past year, I've been just focused on, on how in the temple you are taught um, in every ordinance about who you are and who you are anointed to become. And, and our stake has a spirit of the temple. They go and they love going. We'll talk about that later, but... Uh, but uh, And the power they get yeah. when they go. You know, President yeah. Nelson promised that in October. Mm -hmm. When you go to the temple, the power then flows with you into your life. And, yeah. and there's been many times that you, with family history too, that when you do the work for others, they then help you and guard you from the adversary in your life. And that's mm -hmm. profound. I mean, the more you go, the more protected you are, the more blessed you are. Yeah. So again, if you don't have a temple recommend, go talk to your bishop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just do whatever needs to be done to get there because yeah. it will bless your life so much. Absolutely. And anyway, going back to your, your, your question about how the calling our members to, to serve, I'll tell you, it is really neat. And, and our members love to serve and they are willing. They are willing to serve. And uh, even if they have no clue what I'm going to be doing, no clue, because many of them are called to do things that they haven't done before. Yeah, welcome to the church. And they're willing, <laughs> and, they're willing. And, and that's the coolest thing, they, they, they love their Heavenly Father, they're willing to do His will, and they love their peers, they love their war, they love their stake, and, and they do it. And, uh, and you know what's really neat 
is to, to sit back and watch. Watch them as they do serve. And, um, and each one of them, when they're set apart, are given priesthood authority to, to direct the work, to, to fulfill their callings, to magnify their callings. And, and you watch them do that. And they do amazing things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing things. You know, I don't think they realize how much every time they say yes to a calling changes them for good. Um, like Karate Kid, when he would have him take the fence and wax the car, and then he'd get ready for a match, and he had all the skills to perform. Um, I've spent a hot minute in, in several callings throughout my life, and I got my master's in 2020, and every paper I wrote, because my master's on business management and leadership, every paper was about a church calling. Yeah. <laughs> so when they're like, how many, uh, you tell about a time when you were over 200 people, and how did you organize them, what did you do? And I'm like... Well, let's see, I was primary president over 220 mm -hmm. people, and here's what we did. <laughs> but the church teaches you how to lead people, how to lead others, how to teach, how to function, how to put together a ward party, mm -hmm. you know, how to take a PR group and, and help the Tabernacle Choir come to Philadelphia. Like, I'm just amazed at what the callings have done for me over the years mm -hmm. and what I have learned. And if I had said no, to those callings. If I hadn't taken the opportunity to try, yeah. I would never have gained the talents and abilities that those callings brought into my life. Yeah. So for them to start now mm -hmm. and be a Relief Society president at 22 or an Elders mm -hmm. Corn president at 24 or, you know, counselor, and now they're going to be a high counselor and a, and a well, we counselor in the bishopric. Do you know, you know, Parker Peterson, he, he's, he's our first high counselor, young single little high counselor. And doing, our son was just awesome. called to the high council in Provo. No so, kidding. Very nice. But for them to have these positions now, mm -hmm. they're going to be grounded in, here's how the church works and here's how you lead like Christ. Mm -hmm. And that will change their life forever. Yeah. yeah. Can I interject something here? I feel like um, <clears throat> one of the things that has surprised me most about accepting callings is that I often did it out of a sense of duty um, and received callings I didn't want. And what I learned was that um, Heavenly Father was trying to answer my prayers. And so, for example, um, I had served at a very difficult time in our family life that all of our children were teenagers. Both of our fathers died um, close to each other. He was in a stake presidency and I was young women's president and we were drowning in trying to meet the needs of everybody who, you know, we loved and who we'd been called to serve. Soon after um, that um, stint um, in the young women's, I, I, I got asked to um, teach early morning seminary. And I went home and cried for three days. I did not want to do this. This was too much. And uh, I received a blessing the Sunday before school was to start. And my stake president who set me apart said that I would feel God's love. Well, I woke up that first morning of school and I did not want to be there. And I walked into the room. I was in a teen teaching situation, so I wasn't the only one. And I sat literally in the back corner on the edge of a table and watched all these students come in. And I will never forget this flicker that started, this warmth. It was so tiny. And then the more the students came in, the brighter and brighter it began to be. And suddenly I was washed with love for these students. And it never left me. And I, I taught early morning seminary for eight years. And I loved them. And I still feel that feeling every time I see one of them. 
God was also trying to teach me about His love for me, which is something I had struggled to feel my whole life. My whole life I had struggled with feelings of worthlessness. I think I always will. But there and then, I felt God's love. And it was such a beautiful experience. And that helped me begin to believe that He loved me too. And that began to grow. So, and then there were many other situations during seminary that I recognized clearly were the Lord trying to say, trying to answer my prayers, this is what you asked for. Here, have this. It's going to get you where you need to go. You know, and I never thought that a calling was extended not just for me to be used because I'm dependable and I need to help somebody. It was for me. Mm -hmm. It was for me. Heavenly Father was trying to help me. It's like we're these little lumps of clay that can keep shaping into some amazing statue. We just can't see the end result because it hurts. And every time we get those calls, and I feel for you because I did early morning in Philadelphia too. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you do go through those and then he just opens your heart in a way that you can't have that experience elsewhere. Exactly. And so I just feel so grateful. I feel so grateful. And then we get called to be in a YSA ward. Vernon gets called to be the bishop. And I walk in and I'm like, oh my word, there's so-and-so and so-and-so. And I knew like a third of the ward because I had them as <laughs> seminary students. So I felt at home. Oh, I was home. I knew, so I, I knew and loved these people. So it was really easy to make those changes. Oh, that's so great. We could just dwell on that for quite a while. <laughs> Um, we talked about how you call some of them to their callings and what their reactions are. Could you give an example of someone who was called to a position, probably shocked in that first moment, not wanting yeah. to do it, and how they rose to it and, and figured it out? Yeah, great question. There's so many examples of our members who have done that. Um, let me answer. Let me answer it a little bit different in in a way that something that very much impressed me, and then and then I know Corey has an example that we've talked about that that we think it'd be good to share is, is but, but here's one where um, membership as a whole responded to a calling mm -hmm. from a prophet. And if you remember back in October, 2021, President Nelson talked about the power of, of going to the temple and he invited young singles to go to receive their endowments and not wait until they're married and not wait till they're going on a mission to receive the power coming into their lives from, from going to the temple and receiving their endowments. And, and it was unbelievable to see the members of our stake, these young single adults, respond to the call of a prophet. And I would tell you that, that we had from, from then, and we st it's still going, but back then, I would say we were receiving four to five people a week coming in to, to receive their recommend, to receive their endowment, and it still continues. It's still going on. And, uh, and I was just so impressed at how these, these great members just heard a prophet and, and obeyed, and, and now it's blessing their lives. And, and uh, I was just, I know that's a very general type thing that for a whole stake, but, but that type of, of attitude of, of rising up and, and, and doing is something I see so often. 
Um, in particular, you know, we could go into specific callings and, and uh, I don't want to name names because there'd be so, I'd leave someone out. No, just but, example. But we were talking about one the other day that I think that, that you could share about our Lisa president that is so oh. beautiful and yeah. so representative of what we've Really, of everything we've said so far, someone who's willing to be vulnerable and, and easy to, you know, loving of other people. So, um, so um, we had had an experience where we got to know one sister in particular and um, I was helping out with some interviews um, and this is this is this is too difficult for me not to get emotional about so I'll try my best. Um, I had seen this um, young sister have to overcome things that nobody should ever have to experience and uh, this Relief Society president just stood by her side and to the point where the sister didn't know whether or not she could, you know, participate in church at all, to the point where she was in the parking lot, to the point where she was in the foyer. And the day when she came in and sat in the back, you know, of the chapel, but the day I will never forget for the rest of my life, I was at the temple with my sister. And um, things, problems conspired that delayed our um, session. Our session, and as as we finished, and I came back into the dressing area, the just as I entered into the dressing area, directly across the way, the sisters are coming in from, you know, coming into the temple. There was this. There, there she was. There, there was this beautiful sister, and she was dressed all in white, and the place was packed. And she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I knew, I knew what it had taken for her to overcome what had happened to her and be there in the temple. And I literally was just stunned with joy. I felt joy from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And who was standing next to her? The Relief Society president. This dear friend who had just walked with her. She just walked with her in, along this journey. And uh, we just made a beeline for each other. She did not say one word to me. I threw my arms around her, and she held me so tight. And she said, or I said to her, I am so happy. I am so happy. And she just held on and wouldn't let go. And finally we backed away, and she smiled at me, and she went on to her session, and I went into my cubby and bawled. <laughs> you know, I just cried with joy. I could not believe that God had granted to me this blessing. Now I will tell you something, and this is being vulnerable. That morning in my prayers, I had asked Heavenly Father if He really did love me. So when I walked into that cubby, I felt so strongly the Spirit saying, Now do you believe me? <laughs> now do you believe I love you? Did I orchestrate that? Yes, I did. And I'll never forget it. I will never forget that feeling of love. Mm. We see so often these wonderful uh, leaders um, be with and go to and reach out and, and bless the people they have responsibility for. Elders, corn presidents, elders, ministering brothers who leave their apartments in the middle of the night to go give blessings to, to sisters or brothers. Um, 
reciting presence like crazy. It's, 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 just, it's just amazing to see them rise up and really get it. This is, this is what Christ-like service is all about. It's how the Lord uses them to do His work, right? He just, one at a time, ministering to one at a time. It's so quiet. Yeah. Usually it's not visual and seen, except by the two people who are involved in the experience. But it is seen by God, and it is magnified by Him. And what you and I experience on a small level grows it grows not just within us, it grows to expand outside us, as you said, this light, this light. And as we receive that spirit and share that spirit, that light grows, and that's why the young single adults glow. Because they are willing to love, and they are willing to care. And they're so filled with the spirit because yeah. they're guided by yeah. the greatest light of all. Yeah. And they're willing to make what many other people would consider too big of a sacrifice. And usually it's a small thing. You know, we're not... Anyway, usually yeah. it's just a small thing. And those small things are powerful, and we often dismiss the power of those. Small well, the smallest things for a giver are the biggest things for the receiver. Yes, right? absolutely. So it's no big deal to pop over to someone's house who's sick and bring some oranges and a few cans of soup and some crackers and be like, I heard you were sick. No big deal. But to the receiver who can't get out of bed and has nothing to eat in that apartment that gets the cans of soup that they can warm in the microwave, like mm-hmm. to yeah. them it's huge. Yeah. But to the one who just thought, oh, I heard you were sick, here's some things I have for you, <laughs> no big deal. And But that's, again, I think the miracles that President Nelson says, seek and expect miracles. Look, the miracles are already happening all around you. You don't need to wait for like a mountain to fall. You just need to see that the soup on your door was your miracle that day and that he continues to send them every day, all day long. And, and, you know, wouldn't it be fun to be on those Google Maps where you can write up and little lights of all the service happening in your state. All the miracles happening throughout the world. so cool. Can you come up with that? (laughs) Just right here. Get your tech guys on that. (laughs) Because it does, it happens every day, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, tell me something that you have felt inspired to do for the stake since being the president. Oh, boy. Well, let me tell you this. First of all, um, I have wonderful counselors and a wonderful executive secretary and, and clerk that we meet together every week and, and, and talk about the stake and, 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 and things we want to do. Um, you know, some of the, some of the things that... Um, that we have really felt inspired to do, first of all and foremost, is to do everything we can to bring our members to Christ, to focus on Jesus Christ, because great things happen when you focus on Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And in particular, we've already talked a little bit about getting to the temple, of, of um, helping our members go to the temple for the first time, but also, if you haven't been to the temple for a while, to, to come, come back, get your temple recommend renewed, and come back and join us in the temple and, and experience that, those blessings there. Um, the blessings of um, helping, another focus has been helping our, our brothers prepare to be ordained to the Melchizedek priesthood, and because that's a huge step in their lives. Um, we've also focused on sacrament meeting. Sacrament meetings are beautiful. Matter of fact, that's one of the things that I've, I've noticed about our young single adults is that sacrament meeting means something to them. And if you go, you'll notice it's extremely reverent there. And, and There's you, no babies crying. Oh yeah, there's no babies, <laughs> but you look, at, you look at the members and they're thinking, they're pondering. You know, they, they, they know that, this, that the, the covenants I'm making during the sacrament are meaningful to me and they're real and, and they take it seriously. 
So, so we focused on, on getting to getting to sacrament meeting. We've also also focused on ministering, on on ministering. How do we how do we minister to each other? How do we, of course, how, as leaders, do ministering interviews, and 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 because that's what we would connect. And even in this quarter. Let me, let me do a, a throw out to our quarter of connection where we've asked our members to reach out to every single ministering brother and sister and, and, and make a contact. See how they're doing. What can you do? What can I do for you? And, uh, and do 100% ministering interviews this quarter. Because it's the quarter, it is the quarter of connection. It's the holidays. And, uh, and so uh, those are some of the focuses that we've had. And in addition to that is scripture reading. And, and uh, I'm going to use my President Madison voice, 15 <laughs> minutes a day, just 15 minutes a day in the scriptures, because, because when we spend time in the scriptures, then, um, boy, the spiritual boost it gives us every day is unbelievable. And, uh, and so we need it every single day in the scriptures. So those are the type of things we've been focusing on as a stake presidency. And we feel like, like we've... Uh, We've our members have done some amazing things. The bishops have done some amazing things. It's just, it's just been a, a very, very good year. We've loved it. Oh, and it's such an exciting time. You know, being in the scriptures every day is truly the recharging part. They understand recharging, right, of devices, but. <laughs> So much of it is if you open the scriptures that were prepared for you by so many people and the sacrifice made by so many to make metal plates and engrave in them and then pick them up and carry them from place to place. I just, I think of all the people that were involved in those scriptures. But the blessing is if you just open them during that day, you have made yourself vulnerable to the Lord and he can now talk to you. So by saying, I'm here and I want to learn something, even if you're not digging the current war story in Alma, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or if there's something you're like, this has nothing to do with me, it's more the obedience. You open it, and the lives and sacrifices made for those scriptures to be in your hands, you've now said to the Lord, I'm giving time to you, mm -hmm. just like President Nelson said, make time for me, and he will then guide you for the rest of the day. And I'm always amazed, whatever I read in the morning comes out in some conversation mm -hmm. I have with a young adult later in the day, mm -hmm. because I took time to look and so by that day it's in my mind and it's part of my conversations yeah. and so the more you take advantage of that beautiful gift we have and just open it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll be amazed at what that does for your day yeah it, you know it's just this boost you know I, I shared this in a talk I can't remember which talk it was but but uh, something about reading scriptures early in the morning before work did it really blessed me and the, what, what was going on this is many many years ago but I, I worked around some great people, but they just swore a lot. And and, and you know what happened is, is eventually, you know how it goes, you start, not that I started swearing, but but I started thinking this stuff, the swear words, you know, and something would happen, I hit my finger and, and I'd think a swear word. And, and, and I didn't want to ca have Corey catch me and, and, and whack me for it. But, no. <laughs> Corey but, was teaching eight years of early morning seminary. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so 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 I kept wondering, how do I, how do I get this out of my mind? I don't want this in my mind. And, and what I found at that point in my life that I had become a little lax on my scripture reading in the mornings. And so maybe, yeah, maybe once a week or twice a week or something like that. But what I decided to do is every single day read the scriptures before I, before I went to work. And that did it. I mean, I, that gave me this spiritual boost, this spiritual power that was able to help me keep those thoughts out of my mind. And pretty soon, um, I, that when something would happen, I'm around, I'm around my workmates and, and they're swearing and whatnot, they didn't come into my mind. 
You know, and it's, it's, and every one of us has things we're working on where we need a spiritual boost every single day. The scriptures will give it to you. Couple that with prayer, it's powerful. Yeah, you can do anything if those two are part of your day. Yeah, every single day, never miss. Yeah. Okay, I have to tell a story. We uh, knew each other, of course, before when we were just young single adults. That's how we met. And uh, I didn't have a real high opinion of him, and he didn't have a real high opinion of me. But I will tell you something that I saw that let me know that he was above average guy. He likes to water ski. We lived in an area where that was pretty much the only activity in the summer. Everybody skied. I was on the boat. He was barefooting, and he wiped. He wiped hard. And I saw him go forward and the rest of his body flip so that his neck was in the water, but the rest of his body's flipping over and landing on the water. And I thought, wow, he's really hurt and I was scared. So we flip the boat around and we circle around to go pick him up and he's laying in the water. He's in control, you know, his life jacket, he's breathing. But I expected to hear a little explosion possibly when we went to pick him up and he never swore not once not ever and I will tell you in the 38 years of our being married in the 40 years plus of our knowing each other I've never heard that man swear I've sworn more than him <laughs> he has never sworn and I just I just want you to know that I really appreciate that not just because of whether or not it's a word or it's you know something you should say it's about how he feels about himself mm -hmm. you know I like that that's awesome yeah well, talk to me before we close today about a message you'd love to share with these young adults at Christmas. What would the Savior say to them if he were here? Well, I think that, that if the Savior here were here today, that he would remind each, each one of us of who we are. It's the same message that Pres President Edwards shared last night about who you really are, what's your primary identity. And that is we are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father who loves us and knows us. And that would be the first thing he would tell us. I think he would also tell us that, um, that, that he died because he loved you. He loves you. And he wants you to come and live with him. And he would ask us to make choices that would reflect the, Reflect the love that you have for your Heavenly Father, but also that would bring the Spirit into your life. Because great, when you have the Spirit with you, you're capable of becoming your best self. Mm -hmm. And I think the Savior would invite us to do that. I think He would tell us that, that um, your Heavenly Father knows you better and loves you more than anybody else in this world. To pour your, your soul out to Him in prayer and trust Him. And I also think that the Savior would invite us, ask us to reach out to someone, especially during this Christmas season, and lift someone, help someone, bless someone. I, um, I was really touched this week, and if you wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind sharing this experience, but um, we, had a, we have a member in our stake who's in prison right now. It's a parole thing, and anyway, the, I won't get into the details, but, but um, I've watched, I've known this young man for a long time, and I've seen him um, faithfully, faithfully come and, and over the years prepare himself to be baptized and finally be baptized last year. And then some things happened in his life and, 
and uh, he is where he is right now, but he sent this letter to, to his bishop and asked, and, and in it he had his testimony. And he said, would you mind reading this in fast and testimony meeting? Last week. And last week he did. And um, he um, is beautiful. I like to read just part of his testimony, what he, what he said and what was read over the pulpit. He said this, Hey, brothers and sisters, I just wanted to say thanks for being the best ward I've, I've been to. You guys have always greeted and welcomed me to church every Sunday. Some of, you, some of you even sat with me during sacrament, so I didn't have to sit by myself. I really appreciate that. I was baptized on September 11th, 2021, and almost every, every day when I look at the clock and I see 9-11, it makes me think of my baptism. And he goes on to talk about how he remembers the covenants that he made and the growth that he's made personally since joining the church. And uh, talked about some of his challenges, and at the very end he just says, I am very grateful and well pleased to be a member of the true church of Jesus Christ. It took me years of faithful study and repentance to come to the church. I know even now that this is the true church, and I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. So when I think about the members of that ward who rallied around that young man before he was baptized, when he was just coming to learn things, be there to help teach him, to love him, to strengthen him, and then, and then to be there at his baptism. And then now that this happened in his life, they haven't abandoned him. They're still with him. I mean, they're, they're visiting, they're calling, they're, they're, they're writing letters to let this young man know that he still is loved and that Jesus Christ loves, loves him. This is an example of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. Living and loving and serving and helping our fellow men be, feel like they have a place in this world because they do. Feel that God loves them and to share that love through them in ways using their talents and abilities that they individually have. It's a beautiful thing. So this Christmas, would you find somebody, somebody that you can lift, someone that maybe, maybe needs your forgiveness, maybe someone that you need to ask forgiveness of, Maybe it's a hug, maybe it's a smile, maybe it's a, uh, a plate of cookies. Just, maybe it's just sitting next to someone during church. But whatever it is, find someone that you can lift and bless this Christmas season and spread the love of the gospel to everyone you meet. Our young single adults are the best people in the world and I love them with all my heart. Thank you both so much for being here today. What a treasure this will be for the members of your stake. Thank you. Thank you.